Welcome to Thrive Church Podcast. We just want you to know that wherever you are in your faith journey, you are welcomed, you are loved, and you are accepted. I hope that as you listen to our podcast, you are moved and inspired to grow closer in your faith with God. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, Thrive Church. Is anybody excited to be here this morning? Yeah, man, thank you. It's great to see all of you on this uh, snowy morning. We're glad everybody came out. I want to welcome all those on this, on, that are watching online in the 715 area code. We're so glad that you're connecting with us. My name is Pastor Sheldon Miles, and, and we're just glad you're here. We're excited about what God has in store. Wasn't that just a great time of worship? I especially like that last song. Uh, totally sets us up for the message today. Can we just give a shout out to our worship team? They do a great job each and every week. So we're, we're grateful for them. Uh, I want to set out a, a reminder next week, if you're a church member especially, all of you are welcome to attend, but if you're a church member, we have our annual church business meeting. It has been moved to a January date, so I encourage all of you to come next week. Uh, just so you know, next week we will, uh, we will, there will be a vote to uh, vote our church hopefully back into general council status uh, we can explain all that that means next week, but just let you know that that will be happening uh, next Sunday. And then I just kind of just encourage you, sometimes we take questions uh, towards the end of the business meeting, but I want you to know sometimes you have questions that you've just been itching to ask. You don't have to wait for a business meeting. In fact, I prefer that you not wait for a business meeting because you're not always going to get the answer maybe you're looking for. But if you would set up a meeting with me at my office, I have an open door policy. Please, 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 I ask you, please, if you at any time have questions about how the church is run or, or any of the programs, please reach out to me. I would love to have that conversation. So how many of you will commit to reach out to me with your questions? You'll commit to do that. Excellent. So it's going to be a great meeting next week, and so I encourage you to do that. As we all know, uh, this past week, we inaugurated our 46th president, uh, President Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, who is now our vice president. And, you know, we know that it was a very controversial election, but that's not the issue. That's not the point. The Bible says that we are, are supposed to respect those who are in authority. And, uh, and so these are our leaders. And the Bible also tells us that we are to pray for our leaders, as said in 1 Timothy 2, 1 and 3, he says, I urge then, first of all, that petitions and prayers, intercession and thanksgiving be made for all people, and then especially for kings and those who are in authority. And so I would like us right now, if we can do this, can we, can we pray for our president, pray for our, our, our new vice president, and pray for our country? Can we just do that right now? Just, I guess, the bow our heads and say, Lord, we, we come before you and we lift up these leaders, which your word says that you have appointed. And so we lift them up to you. And we pray, first of all, for their protection, Father, that you would watch over and protect them. And, Father, that you would give them both the spirit of wisdom and discernment. I pray that each and every day they would take time to listen to you and that they would submit their ways and submit their hearts to you. And, God, just as it says in the Lord's Prayer, we are praying that in our country that your will would be done. Not my will, but, Lord, let your 
will be done. Father, we know that this, this country is wounded today. This country is divided. And we pray ultimately that you would come and heal our land. We pray that. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Church, I want to encourage you to take this word seriously that we pray. It is easy to complain. We're going to talk about complaining here in a few moments. But it's easy to complain about our leaders, but we need to be praying for our leaders. Pray for your leaders. Pray for the leaders that you love. Pray for the leaders that you love, maybe not so much. The Bible says that we are to pray for our leaders. Are you with me this morning? So we're going we're gonna to pray for our country. Well, we're, move, we're in a series called Forward, and not only are we in a sermon series at the beginning of the year, but we have just declared that this is going to be our word for Thrive Church in 2021, that we are moving forward. And we've been using the scripture verse, Philippians 3, 13 through 15, as kind of our guide, because we've talked about this already. The Apostle Paul, he had quite a past that he, he regretted. I mean, he, he was, took part in murders, and he, he was just not a very good person. And God got a hold of his life and transformed him. But he, so he decided, I'm not going to live in my past. Some of you have a past. All of us have a past here today. And some of that part of our past is not so pretty. But we know this, our past does not have to define us. But what Christ has done in our lives, that's what defined us. And so Paul said this, he says this, there's just, he came to this point where I'm not going to live there anymore. He says, there's this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, I'm straining forward. Everybody say forward, because that's what we're doing this morning. We are moving forward in Christ Jesus. He says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You know what he just said there? He says, I know that God is on a mission, and what I'm deciding to do is my purpose in life is to join with God in that mission to bring life change into the world. And so that's, if I'm, I'm going to press on towards that. Push, put myself into the purpose that God has called me to and let God use me. That's what I'm going to And then he says, I, w- I want to encourage all those who mature, those who want to grow and are striving to grow in their faith, they should think like this. Those who are, who are maturing, those who are growing, have growth mindsets, those are people like, I don't live in my past. My past does not define me. I am pressing forward in what God has for me. So this word forward really means is I'm moving out. I'm moving out of one location, and I'm moving into a direction that God has in store for my life. So let me review what we've talked about already. In this sermon series, we have talked about moving forward from our past. Last week, we talked about moving forward into purpose. And today, I want to talk about, in Exodus chapter 14, looking at the life of Moses, we are going to be moving forward into faith. Now, how many of you, moving into faith, sometimes we run into challenges. How many of you have ever been in a place where you felt cornered? Been in a situation where... I don't know what to do. I feel like this, this entire situation is completely out of control. Maybe it, it was a relationship issue. Maybe it is a health issue. But it just seems everything is out of control. And that's the hardest part, right? When we feel out of control, that is hard. It is really hard. It's not a fun place to do. And so when we, we feel cornered, we ask ourselves, what do you do when you don't know what to do? 
And I, I, I want to promise you, church, as you move forward in your faith, especially if you, pers- if you begin to, to move forward into the purposes that God has in store for your life, you're going to run into a time and a place in your life, maybe you're there right now, where you feel cornered. You're going to run into a roadblock, you're going to run into an obstacle, and you're like, because faith is like that. So, some, some people are confused. They think, well, once I join in a relationship with God, everything is all rosy after that. And that's, that's not always accurate. Because a lot of times we run into challenges. I want you to know you're going to run into challenges. And so we have been looking at the life of Moses, and where we left Moses off the last time, we know that he has been this shepherd for over 40 years, and his, he's just at a regular day at work. He comes across this burning bush, but the bush is not being consumed, and all of a sudden, God begins to speak to him. And he begins to reveal to Moses, talked about this last week, that God God said, I'm on a mission, Moses, and your purpose in life, your calling is to join with me in this mission, and if you will step forward into this, you will see my potential. Will you join with me? And as you read the story, you see that Moses like a lot of us in this situation, was, was pretty reluctant and gave a lot of excuses. But finally, he jumped on board with God. And he goes before Pharaoh. He goes back to Egypt, and he goes before Pharaoh, and he proclaims to him and says, God has told me to tell you, let my people go. Well, this is not a very popular message with Pharaoh. And Pharaoh's like, no. I'm not going to let this free labor go. So you can just leave Moses. And we see that Moses came back to Pharaoh ten times. And each time, Pharaoh's heart became hardened and became even more stubborn. And each and every time God would, that Pharaoh said no, God would pour out a plague on the Egyptian people to show Pharaoh, hey, Pharaoh, your issue is not with Moses. Your issue is with me. So you just, however long you want to play this game, but I'm telling you, you, it's going to hurt you more than it's going to hurt me. So after the 10th time, Pharaoh is just fed up and he realizes he's not wrestling with against Moses, he's wrestling with God and it's, it's a battle he's not going to win. And he finally declares to Moses, Moses, go, just please, no more. I, I've had enough, enough beatings here go. You and the Israelites, go. So Moses gathers the, the Israelite people. And, Come on, people. Let's get out before Pharaoh changes his mind. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And so this process of them moving these people into this land. And it's so interesting that, that, that it says here that, that God provided for them a direction. Because so many times you're, you're moving out of slavery. Well, where do I go from here? And for God has given us the Holy Spirit. And God provided for them what they call a pillar of cloud by day. So there's this cloud that they begin to follow during day, but this cloud would turn into a pillar of fire at night. So they would just follow this pillar, this this cloud that God had before them. And I want you to know God has given you the Holy Spirit as the same way. So they knew where to go. But an interesting passage, it's not in your note, Exodus 13, 18. Sometimes God doesn't go like, the straight way that we think he should go. (laughs) Isn't that frustrating when God doesn't do everything that we tell him to do? How many of you find that frustrating? (laughs) And so it it says here, Exodus 13, 
interesting that God led them in a roundabout way. How many of you that irritates you when God leads you in a roundabout way? Because it's, it's like, why, why, why are you leading me over here when I thought you were calling me over here now in a roundabout way? And he says he led them through the wilderness towards the Red Sea. Well, sometimes we don't always understand these things until we find out later that what God was doing was like, number one, I believe he was telling these people, I think maybe he was kind of confusing their compass a little bit so that they would not be tempted to go back. But I think also they were showing them that God can be trusted even when they don't understand and that he was providing for them, he was preparing for them a way, preparing their hearts for the difficulties that they were going to face up ahead. I want you to understand as you move forward in your faith, your faith is going to be challenged, but look at it as an opportunity for growth. As I talk about this story today, I want you to see this opportunity was not an obstacle, but it was an opportunity for growth. You see, God led them to camp, led them to this one spot right along the banks of the Red Sea. Well, lo and behold, Pharaoh does change his mind, and he rallies up his troops, some 600 chariots, and he gives the instructions, I want my slave labor back. <laughs> I want you to go out and get those people. I know exactly where they're at. Bring them back to me. Well, lo and behold, the Israelites, they're, they're camping out and along the beach and just enjoying their beach vacation, and all of a sudden they see the chariots of Egypt coming their way. They don't have too many options. Right in front of them are the Egyptian chariots, and right behind them is the Red Sea, and there, there's mountains on the side. Where do you go? What do you do when you don't know what to do? What do you do when you feel so cornered? And the Bible says this, an interesting response by the Israelites that they, well, they, they were filled with fear, and we do the darndest things when we become filled with fear, don't we? It said that they, first of all, they started to complain. Like, ah, ah, and they started to blame God, and they began to blame Moses. Why did you bring us here? And you, you know what they started to do? They started to, like, I wish... I could change this situation, and I wish I could go back to my days of slavery. I wish we could just go back and wish that this was never happening. Well, Moses responds to the people, and he says this in Exodus 14, 13, and 14. He says, listen, people, listen, 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 listen. Sometimes the leader needs to step up and make a statement. Listen, people, stop, stop complaining. Fear not. Stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. I want to talk to you this morning about, for, for those who are here today, and you're feeling cornered, or you've been there, done that, or you, you know that it's coming up ahead. There's three action steps that Moses points out for these people to do. Three action steps for those times you feel like you're cornered. And this first one, I just really want us to just take it all in, okay? So here's the first action step. Number one, I think what Moses is trying to tell the people is stop. 
Just stop. Have you, how many of you, as parents, are you, your parents have said this to you? They just got to that point where, stop it. Stop. Stop what you're doing. Exodus 14, 13, fear not. I think that's what he's saying. To stop is this. To stop is to cease an action in which you're currently doing. I think what Moses wanted them to do is he, Moses wanted the Israelites to stop being afraid because that fear was going to paralyze them and keep them from moving forward because that's what fear does. Stop. I know you're afraid. I get that. But stop allowing what's happening to you to happen. You see, when we are afraid, we often respond in what I would call a default mode. We have kind of this default actions. Here's, here's maybe what it looks like. Here's some common reactions that happen when we are afraid. First of all, we become feeling driven. The Israelites, they were feeling the heat, and they started to be led by their feelings and not by their faith. Did you catch that? When we are led by our feelings, we are no longer being led by our faith. And all of a sudden, they, they, they forgot everything that had happened back in Egypt. They forgot about the cloud, and they started to just look at their fears. And that's what happens to us. When you, and many of us have been in that place. We know that fear can paralyze, not, not so much physically, but it can cause paralysis of our emotions and our mind. It was just like, you're just like I'm so afraid. I, I, don't, I don't know what to do. Have you ever been in that place before? I, just, uh, just, uh, just stay right here. And we also know this, that fear can cause worry. It can cause chronic weary, uh, worry. And we know that when there's chronic worrying, it turns into this thing called anxiety. And we know that many people are, are struggling today with anxiety issues. And, and many are suffering with that today. And that's because we're feeling driven. The second thing that it does, uh, default mode, is we become past-focused. You see, in their response, the Israelites, they were still stuck in their past. They were willing, like, what if, what if we could just trade this situation, what if we just forget this whole thing happened, and, and just forget about this whole freedom thing, what if we could just go back to the good old days of slavery? <laughs> Isn't it interesting how so many people will do that today? God brings them into a place of freedom. God begins to do breakthroughs and, uh, and helping people out, and people are discovering that freedom, and then, bam, they run into a problem, and the first thing they do is they go back. They go back to the addiction. They go back to the stronghold. They, they go back to the slavery. We've done that. We've all have, have kind of been there in some way, shape, and form, and that's what they wanted to do. That's what fear does. It just brings us back to the things that we know and just it takes us back. And the third thing that, that what fear does is it kind of turns us into problem blamers. They started to play the blame game. You know, when, when we're afraid, we begin to blame our leaders. We, we blame the president for all the problems in this country. We blame our leaders. And the, the Israelites did the same thing. They started to blame God. They started to blame Moses. And they started this complaining spirit. Be careful of the complaining spirit. Because the, word, the Bible says that out of the mouth, the heart speaks. 
Guard your heart. Guard your heart from that complaining spirit. And they started to develop a victim mindset. A victim mindset is when you always blame others for your circumstance. A victim mindset is, all, is always that viewpoint is the, the, the future is never good. It's never going to be good. And what happens, what Moses, I think, was trying to say was they needed to stop. They needed to stop the toxicity of their fear. There's an unknown author who made this statement. Forward motion with God isn't just about what, you're, what you start doing. It's about what you stop doing. Can I ask you this morning? The Israelites, they needed to just stop being afraid because that was a big roadblock, we, and we saw the evidence of it. Is there something in your life right now that you need to stop doing? Is there something in your life right now that you know is hindering forward movement in your faith journey, and God has been speaking to you about that issue, and you just need to stop? Stop it. Maybe, maybe for some of you, you need, to, you need to stop complaining about your circumstances. Instead of complaining, you need to be content in all circumstances. Maybe some of you are here today and you need to stop comparing yourself to others and just look at who the person God has created you to be. Maybe some of you, you, you have a critical spirit and you need to stop criticizing leadership. And ask yourself, what, how can I help in this situation? Maybe some of you, you need to stop condemning others. Isn't it interesting that all these words I came up with are C words. I can move into the D category and I can move into the E category. But what is it that God is calling you to stop doing? Because you can't move forward until you stop doing this thing in your life. What is the Holy Spirit challenging you with this morning? And if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about that, and you're willing, the Holy Spirit will help you with that. But we need to stop. Later on in this story, the forward story, God transfers leadership of Moses over to Joshua. And he tells Joshua, he tells him three times, he says, this is my command, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Once again, don't, be, don't let fear stop you. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So he says this. And he says, first of all, this is not a suggestion, Joshua. This is a command. Stop being afraid. Stop complaining. Stop condemning. Stop criticizing. Joshua, stop being afraid. Second of all, I want you to be courageous. Yes, yes, I understand the reality of the fear. But courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is confronting your fears with faith. Can I say that one more time? Courage is not the absence of fear, but instead it's confronting your fears with faith. And for some of you, that's the thing that you need to start doing today is stop being afraid. Stop allowing your fear to paralyze you, and you need to start confronting your fear with the faith that God has given to you. I want to talk about faith here in just a couple minutes. And then remember this last part that God gives to Joshua, and here's really the nugget. Here's the meat of it because he says, you know what? You don't have to live in fear because 
Because God is with you. If you get anything out of this message this morning, understand if you are a Christ follower today, God is with you. And there's power in that. If we would own that, we understand that God is with you. I'm not facing this giant. I'm not facing this Red Sea. I'm not facing these Egyptian chariots on my own. God is with me here. And with God, all things are possible. Are you you following me this morning? So again, we're talking about three actions here. And the first action we need to do is we need to stop. Stop. Stop whatever it is that's holding you back from moving forward. Stop that. Number two, and we need to stand firm. Everybody say stand firm. Moses says stand firm. Stand firm in your faith. And see the salvation of the Lord, which He will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, this is a faith statement here. It's not happened yet. It says, for the Egyptians whom you see today, shall never, you will never see again. The Lord is going to fight for you. You only need to be silent and watch. You see, when we feel cornered, we have this fight or flight mentality. You know, we, we, I've got to do something. I've got to get out of here. I've got to, you know, that, that's what, not what Moses said. Instead, Moses was calling for them, don't fight. Don't flight. I want you to be still. I want you to stand firm. Everybody say stand firm. I want you to stand firm. I want you to stand firm in your faith, and I want you to watch God take over the situation for which you have no control. You see, a lot of times we are, we are out there and we're busy and we're trying to make it happen. We're trying to fix it. And, like, and then we'll throw out a prayer, hey, God, bless what I'm doing, when we're really got to say, no, 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 you need to stand firm in your faith and just, just watch. What is faith? Hebrews 11.1 1 tells us this. Now, faith is the confidence in what we hope for, and it's the assurance about what we do not see. In other words, what it is, it's, it's to trust God so much that though we don't see it, we may not understand it, still we have confidence. Everybody say confidence. I have the confidence and I have the assurance that God is at work and He's working out all things for His good. As a matter of fact, God's got this. I don't see it. It's not happening yet. I don't understand it, but God's working behind the scenes. God's got this. And if God's got this, I don't have to be paralyzed by fear any longer. I don't want to have to live in fear land. Listen to what it says here in Hebrews 11, 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. So when we try to operate through our challenges on our own without faith, Hebrew, the writer of Hebrews says that really disappoints God. In other words, just imagine this. Imagine that you are called into battle, and you decide to go into battle completely unarmed and without any helmet or any protection. You just decide, I'm just going to go into that battle and, and see what happens. Well, number one, that would be foolish. That would be very dangerous. It would be, <laughs> it's completely unproductive. And it's not necessary. It wouldn't be wise. 
And I think that's what, it, what, it, what it's like for us when we are trying to operate in our situation without faith. That's what it looks like. 1 Corinthians tells us this, 16. Paul says to be on guard. This is what faith looks like. Be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Once again, it's repeated here. Be courageous. These are all action steps. Be strong and do everything with love. I want to focus on this word, be strong, because that's basically what stand firm means. It's to be strong. But I would challenge us, church, it is impossible to be strong unless you get strong. Let me say that one more time. It is impossible to be strong until we get strong. I, I, I hate to be braggadocious here, but I'll brag on myself. My senior year of high school probably contributed to this little issue here as I was the bench press champion in my high school my senior year. You can, you can applaud at that. That's, that's really good. That's, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That's, that's what I was looking for. That's what I... But it, it just did, I didn't just step up to the, 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 the rack and just do it. it you, in order to be strong at that moment, they, there had to be time to get strong, continue. And you know, when you, when you work out, to, to get any benefits out of it, you don't just go once a week or every other week. That, you're kind of glutton for a heart attack if you do that. But if you're doing it every day, you're exercising that muscle you're exercising your faith each and every day. Well, strength is the manifestation. That's where, that's where it comes from. And if I would tell you to do one thing, just one thing, it would strengthen your faith if you would do this on a regular basis. If you would just make God your first priority every day. What if? What, how would our faith be strengthened if we just decided I'm going to make God I'm going to make Him my priority through prayer and through His Word each and every day. I'm going to prioritize God every day. How much more would your faith… I, I was just talking to somebody the other day. They were just telling me the same thing. I've start, I think I was talking to them this morning. When I started to do this, my faith began to increase. Each and every day, I started to do this. And here's been my process. And I just… I've, something's different. Maybe my circumstances haven't changed, but all of a sudden my perspective on that is I feel stronger. Because if we're going to be strong, we need to get strong. Let me continue on with this message here. Fast forwarding here. Number, three action steps. Three action steps when we feel cornered. Maybe the first thing we need to do is we just need to stop and reflect. What is it? What is it that's holding me back? Number two, we need to stand firm in our faith. And if we're going to be strong, we need to get strong. Number three, when it's time to move and God moves us, it's time to step forward. It's going to be a time to step forward. Exodus 14, the Lord said to Moses, why, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Then he tells Moses, I want, what I, this is what I want you to do, Moses. I want you to lift up your staff, and I want you to stretch out your hand over the sea and, and watch it divide. Watch the waters part. That the people of Israel, what's going to happen is they're going to go through the sea on dry ground. Remember me talking last week about the power of the staff? Remember I was talking about the, the, the thing that's in your hand? The staff. 
It represented uh, Moses as a shepherd. That was his, that was his calling. And, and God was saying, listen, I want you to take your calling and I want you to use it. I want you to allow me to work through your calling. Because the Word of God says that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So God wants to work in and through your giftings to move forward. So here's what God was saying to Moses. Moses, Israelites, stop crying. Stop whining. And now it's time to do something. And every once in a while, we need people who will just say that to us. And I hope you receive it. Some people just need to say, hey, stop crying. Do something now. It's time to move. And then he says, tell the people to start moving. Tell the people to start moving. I want you to step forward and then watch me move. Have you ever noticed how God, when you look through the Word of God, God will, will put a vision or a direction on somebody's heart, and then he says, now this is how it works. I want you to take the first step, and then you'll watch me take the second step. How many of you have noticed that before? So many times God has got, got put something on your heart, so that I don't want you to go the whole way. I want you to just take the first step, and I'm going to take the next step for you. But it's not going to happen until you take that first step. You see, you need to understand that your faith, hear me now, your faith is not demonstrated in your words. Some of us are here today, and I've met people like this, they, they know how to talk faith. I'm like, oh my goodness, you are just, oh, you can talk faith all day long. But faith is ultimately, it's not in our words, it's demonstrated through your actions. James, the brother of Jesus, says this, just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works, without our actions. If you're going to move forward into God's purpose for your life, you're going to have to step forward into action. There's going to come a time where you're going to have to step forward in your actions. You know, I, I know a lot of people, and, and maybe I've been there myself before, where God has given me a great vision. And you know where sometimes I can get hung up? I can sometimes get hung up, and, and just follow me on this, where I, I have this attitude, or my response will be, well, I'm just going to pray about it. Now, don't get me wrong, that, that's a good thing to do, okay? Start there, pray about it. But there's some people who just never move forward from, I'm just going to pray about it. And there's times where God, you've, you've prayed about it, and God goes, okay, green light, Green light, time to move, and then like, no, 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 God, I'm just going to stay here, and I'm going to pray about it a little, a little bit longer. Don't, don't get hung up with, I'm going to pray about it, when God has called you to move. Is that, does that make sense? Sometimes, sometimes it's a prolonged time of praying, but there are times where it's green light, and it's time to move forward. Let me give you another example here. It's Packers are playing in the NFC Championship game today, so i got to use a Packer illustration here. We know that the purpose, they've been working on this purpose. They have declared their purpose all season long. We are going to go to the Super Bowl, 
and we are going to win the Super Bowl, right? And anybody with me this morning, everybody by faith, you say amen. <laughs> so that's, that's their declaration, by faith, we're, we're going to do this. Well, they can say that all day long. You, you, even yourselves, well, you can come in here and wear the jersey and say, yes, I'm a Green Bay Packer. But the, the proof is in the pudding. The proof is when you step out onto the frozen tundra today. I was hoping would, there would be more snow flurries today. I was hoping it would be a snow game. But it's going to be 20 degrees outside. And, and that's where it's really going to take place. And they, they, you, in order to get into the Super Bowl, you've got to show up on the field. You've got to show up on the field. And for some of you, that's what God is calling you to do. It's like, I'm telling you, you've got to step forward now. It's time to step forward. And can I ask you this morning, what step of faith is God calling you to take today? You, you see, maybe you, you've, you've gone through that phase where you've stopped. Okay, I'm, I'm moving forward. I've stopped doing what I was doing. I'm standing firm in my faith, and now it's time to move. What is that for you? What is that next step for you? I want to wrap this up by kind of telling about a story about where I felt like I was cornered, okay? God taught me about being cornered. I was pastor of Destiny Church in De Pere, Wisconsin, uh, and the church was just growing. So I have friends here who were part of that church, and it was just, it was the coolest building, a small storefront building. The only problem was it was small, and it was growing. It's the kind of problems that churches need. <laughs> well, we, we, we were running, we were outgrowing this building, and we needed another space or else we were going to stop growing. And so what, we started to look, and I had a friend of mine, and and, you know, the leadership team, we just started to pray. We just started to pray, and we started to seek out a new building. Well, if you've been to De Pere, Wisconsin, property is very expensive. We talked about, hey, maybe God's calling us to be a church in Alloway or Green Bay. No, God has called us here to De Pere. And it just made it hard, and it was just difficult. Finally, we found this place, and it was perfect. It was three times the size of our current building. It was five acres of land. The only, well, I'm going to say the only problem because we had multiple problems here. First of all, we had no collateral. We had very little savings. We didn't have any, any credit to speak of. And, then if, and, and it was all contingent on the sale of our current building. But still we believe that was the building that God was calling us to there was other people who were looking at the same building, the same property. So you know how it is. You're like, oh, we got to move. It's got to happen. It's got to happen. And again, it was, on the sale, it was on the contingency of the sale of our old building, and it wasn't happening. But I just knew. And, I, and, and we would have missionaries because missionaries know how to pray. Every time a missionary came to speak at our church, I'm like, hey, would you please run out to this building with me, and let's just pray and declare. And so we're just claiming this building, nothing, nothing. Well, we had a, a realtor that, that that owner had, and he was definitely a shady person. And this, this realtor kept trying to put things in front of us to, to get us to sign papers that would have like really ruined us. I, and it, just a man without integrity and without a character. And it came up to the point where we just, it was coming up to the end where we needed to resign. Are we in? Are we out? In our hearts, we knew this was it. 
But God, for some reason, God just led us to say, no, we're out. I know. So we signed off on it. We're out. Doesn't make any sense, does it? I just knew God was going to get us that building. I did not know how. So we needed to just stop. And I even, just to make a point, I felt like we were trying too hard. So if there was anything that we needed to stop, we needed to stop trying so hard. So we just stopped. And that building was just, just right up the road from where we lived. And I would just go up there and say, like, Lord, we've stopped everything. Everything has just stopped. I'm just here and I'm just praying. I just believe this is it. I'm not going to be afraid. I don't know how it's going to work out, but it's going to work out. So we were learning through those, that time to stand firm in our faith. Stop trying to fix it. Stand firm in our faith. I don't know how it's going to happen. A couple weeks later, get a phone call from the bank. They have now repossessed the building, which, you what the what? <laughs> oh, okay. They said, we want to do all that we can, but there's other people who are lined up to, they want to buy this building, but we would like to help you get into this building. We'd like to lower the cost of the building $40,000. Would you be interested in that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, would, we understand that you don't have any credit and you really don't have anything, but we would like to do all that we can to help finance you to get in that building. Are you interested? All of a sudden, we had people who, we weren't able to sell the building, but we had people who were now interested in renting our old building. Are you interested? Yes. And at that moment, it was time to step forward. And by faith, we signed off on that paper, on that, for that building, and oh my goodness, God began to move, and the church began to grow, and just great things. And even today, lives are being changed in Jesus' name. Are you following me this morning? Yeah, praise God. Praise God. It's, so, it's, so, it's such a challenge of faith because you don't know. It doesn't make any sense to say no when God's telling you to say yes. It doesn't make any sense. So many times, that's how it goes. You're being obedient to God. You stop trying to fix it, make it happen yourself. Comes a time where we just, all we have is our faith, and I'm just going to stand firm in my faith. I don't know how, I don't know when, I don't know what. God's got this. And then God shows up. And when God shows up, it's time to move. It's time to move forward. Step forward. Use the gifts that God's given you. Step forward. I think that's kind of where Thrive Church is today. Time for Thrive Church to just stop some of those things that have been hindering us. We need to, we need to take a season and stand firm in our faith. Maybe this is your marriage. You need to stop trying to fix your marriage. and You just need to take a season to grow and stand firm in your faith. And then wait for God to give you the green light to move forward. Can I just pray for us today, wherever you're at? I think this applies to all of us here today, that it's time to move forward in our faith. Lord, so we just, we just, we're here today as a church. We humble ourselves before you, and we ask that you would just speak to us about areas where we need to stop. We need your Holy Spirit to help us with that. We ask that you would help us to stand firm in our faith. That each and every day we would make God our number one priority and watch the growth take place. 
And Father, we're waiting for green light. And when that day comes, that you would give us the courage to move forward in whatever that means, whatever your purpose, your plans. All we know is we are called to be a part of your mission. We want to see lives changed in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Before I close out this message today, I want to offer you, maybe you, you are not in relationship with Jesus Christ today. And you, you need God to change your life. And you would like to invite the Savior of the world to come and live inside of you. You can do that right now. Just right where you are, just say, God, I need you. The most powerful prayer you can pray, God, I need you. I'm asking the Lord of the universe to come and place your spirit inside of me, your son, Jesus Christ. I recognize what he did for me on the cross, that he rose again from the dead, that I can be born again. I choose today to live for you. Forgive me my sins. In Jesus' name, life change. Amen. Can we just give God a shout out this morning for life change? In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thrive Church, you have been created to thrive. And we thrive when we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. Thank you so much for checking out the Thrive Church podcast. I hope you were inspired by the message today. If you liked what you heard, please like, subscribe, and share this podcast so we can impact more lives. Remember, wherever you are in your faith journey, you are welcomed, loved, and accepted. Have a wonderful day.